gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, let me put this question to you, ladies and gentlemen. Is it appropriate for your friendly Paracast hopes <laughs> to giggle or to laugh? Oh, no. No, we should be Mike Wallace, morally safe or serious. No laughing. Of course, if I sat in front of Fox News, it would be very difficult for me not to giggle and laugh or... It would be very difficult for me to giggle and laugh. Well, you see what's going to happen now is people out there who like Fox News are going to write in and say, why would you laugh at Fox News? Well, just, you know, you could put MSNBC in there or, you know, CNN, whatever. I mean, to me, it's all a giggle and a laugh or it is so deadly serious that it doesn't matter how much you giggle and laugh. All right. I'll drink to that. But let's start off where this began okay seems that somebody felt that when we were talking during our listener roundtable last week about the possible et explanation for ufos we giggled and we laughed did we no i don't recall that actually um maybe so is it funny well i think it's uh, actually kind of tragic the way the uh, et hypothesis has kind of run roughshod over creative thinking Well, that to me is actually tragic. I think part of the problem here is that whenever you talk to anybody about UFOs who's not really deeply involved in the field, they'll say, oh, you believe in spaceships. It's like they go together. UFOs must be spaceships if UFOs are real. Well, here we are and there you go. I mean, what, you know... We can't prove anything except that we are dealing with a real mystery. Other than that, there is no slam dunk evidence to suggest who the pilots are, where they come from, why they're here, you know, how they're, uh, we know a little bit about the technology, I, I would hope. Uh, but, you know, the jury's out, Gene. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. That's, you know, dead serious. I'm not going to giggle or laugh about that. The jury is still out. And until the jury comes up with something slam dunk, I mean, what, what more can, uh, can we do except analyze the data, I guess? I think part of the problem here is that too many assumptions are being made when it comes to UFO research. And that's the beginning and end of it. So as I said, UFOs are akin to spaceships, whereas UFOs means unidentified flying objects. They're not identified, and they're flying. We don't know what they are. If we knew what they were, they'd be identified flying objects, and maybe they would be spaceships. But just look at the definition of the word. These words say it's unidentified. We don't know what they are. And the big problem here is if we're going to insist that scientists get in there and research UFOs, we're going to prejudge the results of what they're going to find. And if they decide it's not spaceships, are you going to say it's a whitewash? Well, jury's out on that one, too. Well, this goes like, for example, to the theories about cattle mutilations. So some people think that E.T. is mutilating our cattle. Why? I don't know. Maybe they have nothing better to do, so they come down and, you know what, we have nothing better to do And we don't have to return for shift change to go back to our home in Tau City or something. So let's mutilate some cattle. Let's 
go ahead and abduct some humans. I mean, there are some humans out there that I think should be abducted. Let's just abduct some humans. Well, how do we know that these aren't ETs coming for um, specialty dinners? And these teams go down and harvest the parts for lip and eye stew and reproductive uh, tract um, souffle. And, and they have these like very high price, you know, elitist dinners aboard their motherships uh, hovering somewhere between Mars and Jupiter or whatever. And, um, and that this is all part of some sort of weird uh, tourist trade where you can go and get uh, blue plate, you know, prime choice uh, reproductive tract dinners uh, for a price. Okay, so this way, this is meat... For the 1% amongst the aliens. Hey, that sounds, uh, it sounds as plausible as uh, occultists lurking around in hoods and cloaks and carrying candles or uh, the government uh, monitoring the spread of pathogens in the food chain or um, some sort of weird ancient uh, dimensional predator. I mean, they all have, I, I think, the same amount of weight until you get enough data to support one or more of those conclusions. Well, when you get back to UFOs and spaceships, the reason you see that theory is it's a process of elimination. It can't be conventional because they fly too fast. No, they do. Right, okay, so therefore <laughs> they seem to be oh, metallic. Laughed, Gene, oh God, I laughed. You're going to have to cut that. You know what? I'm not going to cut it. I am not going to cut that laugh. If people object to Chris O'Brien laughing, well, they're going to have to put up with it because yeah. I will not cut it out. Sorry, I, I wish I had a more manly laugh. <laughs> we can always try the shadow laugh. <laughs> the shadow knows. <laughs> well, no, that doesn't Nick work either. The best, Pardon? The best shadow laugh. You like that? Nick Redfern. Well, yours is good, Gene, but Nick Redfern, there's, I don't know. I think he really, he has it nailed. I think it's the British influence. It, it must be. You know what? I, what I did here with my iPhone this past week, I discovered a British male voice on there. So instead of having Siri, I have a British male voice. How's that? You want to hear should, this? Okay, here we go. Should your wife, Barbara, be uh, worried? Oh, she might want to find out who it is. Who is this? <laughs> You're not listening to anything. You like that, huh? Uh, there is yeah, no I, truth to the rumor that Nick Redfern sat down to do those recordings. That's not his accent, by the way. I think we lost Chris. <laughs> I'm sitting here aghast. Oh, that's what they call it. Yes. I'm okay. aghast. We don't want to talk about gas. That gets kind of grisly. How about if we talk about our guest? We have guests? Yes, we do. Two of them today, actually. And we have One two right of them who the are other. separate. Even though they work together, they will be here separately. Yeah, I think this may be a first in the, uh, in the Paracast where we have two guests talking about the same subject, but uh, one after the other. Well, the first guest is James Fox. And he, of course, has done some really great work in terms of UFO-oriented documentaries. Unfortunately, he was also part of that crazy TV show called Chasing UFOs. 
I don't think he'll ever live it down. But we'll ask him about it, whether he'll ever do anything like that again. That's James Fox. And he's working in partnership with Tracy Torme. And Tracy Torme, by the way, those of you who are into jazz or music, he's the son of that other Torme. But he's a movie producer and a writer. And I believe he was one of the people responsible for creating the Star Trek holodeck and Star Trek Next Generation. Indeed. And Dixon Hill. Okay. So he is working on a new UFO documentary with James Fox. And we're going to ask him the same question separately, maybe under the theory that they will give us different answers. That would be fascinating, wouldn't it? I can't wait. You can't? No. Well, they're probably just around the corner, lurking on the other side of their telephones. James is. Tracy will be on later. Okay. I'll go for that. No laughter intended. So coming up, you'll hear from James Fox. You'll also hear in a separate interview from Tracy Torme. All this and more coming up this week. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. This is Bill Brown, Midas Resources Gold and Silver, government shutdown, inept politicians, unfunded entitlements, looming Obamacare, the death of the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you are concerned about maintaining your purchasing power, consider this. Gold and silver are up 497% in 13 years. Call me, 800-686-2237, extension 332. Together we can discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Analysts agree the dollar's problems are increasing. Call me, Bill Brown, 800-686-2237 at extension 332, and we'll discuss your option of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA. Don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar collapses. Call me, Bill Brown, at Midas Resources, 1-800-686-2237, extension 332. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, movie producer James Fox, who has done some great documentaries on UFOs, returns... And this is the first time we've talked to you on the air since you did that certain TV reality show. The, the one that I, I can't seem to get far enough away from. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, we assume it never got picked up for a second season. No. No, it, it uh, you know, there, were, there was a lot of, there was an article that was uh, published uh, in the Huffington Post, which got back to the executive producers at Nat Geo, which trickled down to the production company in L.A., which, uh, needless to say, they were less than happy about, um, which created a lot of friction and frustration among all parties. And so, uh, you know, the Nat Geo execs got wind of it all, and it was kind of kind of blew up in our face a little bit. And it was it was a bit risky in terms of, you know, it's not that often that one of the cast members or possibly two of the cast members badmouth their own show, which was the case with us. So, both you and Ben James, uh, Chris here. Um, Why don't we back out. up here because we're kind of starting on chapter two and some of the listeners don't really understand where we're going. Okay, Huffington Post does a piece about chasing UFOs. Tell us about the article. Well, I was responding to a chain of criticism on a Facebook link. Uh, I think it was Leslie Kane's page. And uh, I just basically said, yeah, you guys are right. And uh, it was a, a uh, poorly produced, trashy show that it wasn't sold to us as that. Um, 
It was supposed to be a more serious. Obviously, there's, there's always an element of entertainment with anything you do for television, but it wasn't the show that they had sold us on, and it took a turn for the worse uh, in the field, and, and we were kind of powerless to change that. So we were expressing our frustration uh, on a Facebook page. It got picked up and, and, uh, and written about in a, in a Huffington Post article, and, uh, and yeah, and then uh, that it all sort of stemmed from that. So, of course, here, that made your presence and one of your co-hosts' presence untenable. Pretty much, yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, that the execs at Nat Geo wanted to do a little bit of damage control, and Ben, who I was amazed, he sort of very eloquently put it, like something like, you know, I'm not really inclined to do that, and B, I'm not even sure I'm going to be involved with anything if it, if, if it does move forward to a second season, which I thought was a very bold remark that he made. <laughs> I have to laugh about it now, but it was, it, you know, and the production company, they were, they were less than, than happy about the whole thing. But, you know, I, I expressed my disappointment and, and my, the fact that I was, I was misled. I mean, obviously, you know, when you got in the field, one played along with it to a certain extent, but it wasn't what we, what we set out to, to do. All right. Was there any thought, do you think, of getting rid of the hosts from season one and getting other people and trying it again or what? You know, I think it was kind of just too late. It, it was like, uh, you know, it was time to move on. It, it just, it, it wasn't going to ever materialize into something that was that was worth putting our, our efforts into. So it was for the better. Have you heard of this new show that uses MUFON's name called Hangar One? I've heard of it. I have yet to watch it. So I don't know. I, I've heard about it. I've seen some write-ups in Facebook and stuff like that, but I've yet to watch it. You know, I don't have television. I have Netflix. You know, obviously I have Internet, so it's not like I'm totally out of the loop, but I don't, I don't have television. And to be honest with you, I didn't even watch all the shows that I was featured in National Geographic. I think I, I, think I watched a couple of them and then little pieces here and there of, of the other shows, but, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even tune in. Well, with the show that you did, I saw the ones that were on this demo reel that the producers sent us. That was it. I tend not to watch reality shows because they're reality shows. I just don't get into them. Yeah. You know, I just don't like the thing because of the fact that the word reality show has nothing to do with what's on those programs. It's all yeah. a bunch of hot air if you're going to use the proper term. It's designed to pretend to be reality. It's pretend reality. It's not real reality. And this is true with any of these shows I've heard about. So I've not watched Hangar One. And part of the reason is also that some of the things they've done are just blatant. And I saw, for example, in the latest MUFON journal, their monthly publication, they barely mentioned the show. It earned one or two really? sentences. Yeah, one or two sentences. You think, hey, you're on a national TV show. Isn't this wonderful? You have like a full page ad or something? You know, all the publicity on the planet? No. Yeah, it's like, oh, and by the way, yeah, no, I, I you know, I learned kind of the hard way. You, you, you think that, uh, you know, because you're involved or, or, or someone that's really passionate about the subject is involved, that things are going to be different and you're promised the moon and stars and and the uh 
the uh, the end result is is very far from the uh, what was sold. Let's put it that way. But yeah, you know, I chalk it up as a learning experience. I got to, I got to travel around and and make some new connections, and I got to go to South America and and some of the research I did while I was uh, down there. Uh, produced some amazing material for our new, you know, Project 701. So in that respect, I'm I'm grateful, uh, and it was a learning experience. What can I say? Will you ever do another UFO reality show? I've learned never to say never, but uh, probably not. <laughs> you will be at the next MUFON symposium, though. I will. I'm just finishing an article that I had to write. Jan Harzan and, and, and co. wanted me to, you know, been pressuring me to, to, to give a presentation since my 2013 UFO Congress presentation. And I reluctantly agreed, because I don't usually like to do these kind of things. I feel like my time is much better off spent uh, in the field. But, um, but I did agree. And then I found out that I had to put together a five, 10 page article on some of my what led up to what I'm doing today, and uh, I put that together. And funny enough, you should mention it because I didn't even bother discussing at all my experience with National Geographic. Somehow, that just sort of seemed to slip between the cracks. I guess I, I guess I kind of wanted to go away, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. So well, yeah, you know, but uh, live and learn. I did notice that if you go to Mufon's website, which is now called Mufon Evolved. They do have a section on Hangar 1. So, oh. there you go. They're saying, click here to tell us what you think of the show. Oh, careful what you wish for. Yeah. And there are a lot of comments. You know, I can't believe some of these comments. Okay? I can't believe they're real. They must be. I can't get enough of this show. It is well done. I would like to see more actual footage as well and not just a quick glimpse. Can't get enough of the show. These people are gluttons for punishment. <laughs> they have to be. We're not gluttons for punishment, by the way. We've got James Fox, and later on we'll be hearing from Tracy Torme, separately, not together, just for logistical reasons. And we're now going to tell you, with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well. 
just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we have James Fox, and he's involved in the project with Tracy Torme that we might as well begin to talk about, called 701. Now, this is not like the sci-fi show called The 4400. Well, you know, we liked the ambiguity of the number 701. And, you know, if you look at some of the previous titles of of my films, uh, Out of the Blue, I Know What I Saw, it doesn't scream UFO, but if you think about it, 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 it definitely is relevant. And we were toying around with film titles, and one of our producers came up with 700, and then we realized that the actual number of investigated UFO sightings from Project Blue Book 
well, it started off as Project Sign and then Project Grudge and eventually Project Blue Book. Out of 12,618 cases investigated, 701 remained unexplained. And so it's what the number symbolizes, that stubborn 5% of unambiguous UFO encounters that, no matter how hard the Air Force tried, was unable to provide a prosaic explanation. So that's, that's why we chose the number 701. Well, you know, James, uh, Chris here, out of 701 cases now, um, as a filmmaker, obviously you're going to have to winnow this down. We have a question from one of our listeners, longtime listeners and uh, active, and active participants at forum.theparacast.com, Burnt State. And he asks, of the many unsolved Blue Book cases, which, which are your top little-known cases and, and which ones are you going to be focusing on? Well, that's the thing is we're not actually go. We're we're going to go into you know the history. We're covering um, the Kenneth Arnold case. We managed to get his daughter Kim Arnold on camera for the first time, and she went into vaults and and uncovered a lot of documentation and photographs and letters of correspondence between her father and the Air Force, which I found out was was extensive. And so, yeah, we'll be covering the 52 sightings and, and uh, possibly a, a, another case that happened in, I think, 50, 52 or 53, the Robertson panel. But, uh, and, and then one of the turning point cases, I think, for Dr. Jalen Hynek, and it's a case that has been reported on, but we found particularly of interest for our project because it's the quintessential number of the 701, from the 701 number of, of cases that was extremely difficult for the Air Force to provide a conventional explanation. And that's the 1964 Socorro, New Mexico case that involved police officer Lonnie Zamora. So those cases are going to be featured, but we're also featuring other cases uh, post uh, Project Blue Book. So it's just because the number 701 does represent the number of cases that were unable to, the Air Force was unable to explain, it's not going to be a film about unexplained Air Force investigations. It's more what that number symbolizes. Was that too much of a mouthful? Actually, I, I was uh, just sent Gina a message to take it. Uh, you know, we have a bunch of questions, uh, James, uh, from our listeners, and I think the best way really to start examining the project, I think, from our listeners' point of view, is, is give us a thumbnail sketch of how you and Tracy came up with the idea, how the uh, uh, corroboration occurred, and, um, and kind of set the stage for us, because I know you're, you're quite well along, actually, in the process of producing this uh, feature film, basically, and, and it'd be great to give some of our new listeners or people that aren't quite up to speed a little background. Well, you know, I, I've, every time I've produced a documentary film on the subject of UFOs, at the end of the production, which is normally four to five years, I say unequivocally, this is it. This is the last time I'm ever doing a UFO film. I have other interests. <laughs> you know, these sort of things, you know. And yeah, inevitably, never, it comes back to haunt me because, <laughs> you know. But I, when I finished Out of the Blue in 2003... And it was picked up by NBC Universal and Sci-Fi Channel broadcast. And I was having a dinner with uh, one of the heads of special projects, a guy named Larry Landsman. And he said, well, you know, we were just signed all the contracts and we sold the film. We we're all excited. And 
he said, wow, James, this is great. What's your next project? And I said, Larry, I'm done making UFO films. I have other interests. You know, and he said, oh, well, come on. You must have something else brewing. I said, no, this is it, man. <laughs> so, uh, of course, that came, that came back to haunt me. I ended up revisiting out of the blue, and I realized in 2006 that NBC Universal was not going to renew its broadcast option. And so I decided to revisit out of the blue and fix the things that bothered me and uh, just kind of revamp and revisit and follow up on some of the interviews I was unable at the time to get uh, just because I ran out of time and effort and money and, and re-release it. And that started, so it ended in 2003. Fast forward three, three years later in 2006, I decided to revisit Out of the Blue and uh, that was all it was going to be. I was just going to you know, change some of the graphics, add some music, put some additional interviews in there. That's when I did, went after Five Simonton, the former governor of Arizona. We all know about him. Um, and that that process took about two years. You know, it never it's never as quick as one one anticipates. And at the end of that, uh, I was approached from. A uh, pretty well-known agency in in Hollywood, and they said, "Wow, this this film is great." You know, and I just wanted to get it. I just wanted to get it out there. I just wanted to re-release it and get it out there. But gosh, you know, if you could do this, this, and this, you could really beef this thing up. And I thought, I just spent two years revisiting out of the blue. I really like it in its current form. What are you talking about? I'm done. <laughs> and uh, but based on the advice that was given at the time, I decided to keep pushing. And uh, a couple years later, at the end of 2009, I know what I saw was born. Now, I was, uh, if you guys want me to continue a little bit of the history here, but, I, I, you know, I, again, was, was completely uh, exhausted and, and done. And uh, my intention when I revisited Out of the Blue initially was to just fix the things that needed fixing. And so I thought back in 2003 and then re-release it. But that evolved into a much larger production, a much larger um, project. And at that point, I decided that I really wanted to get something released in theaters because I felt the platform for television was limited in terms of, of, of viewers. And so I, I really tried as hard as I could to produce a documentary feature film for a worldwide theatrical release. And when um, I know what I saw, was born, um, I fell short of that goal. Uh, we, we did sell it to A&E, and it did get uh, the investment money back to my investors, but not a lot more for myself, and my hands were kind of tied, and I had to let it go in late 2009, but in the back of my mind, there was this lingering sentiment of, kind of kind of failed what I set out to do, but again, I was so exhausted, I just really wanted to set my sights on other projects, and um, then we had the BP oil spill that occurred, and I picked up my camera, went to the Gulf, raised some money, and I did a film on the BP oil spill, which I'm actually just signing now a distribution deal for, um, called Pretty Slick. Yeah, well, congratulations. Sorry. Oh, thank you, by the way. Thank you, yeah. So um, during the end of the production of that film, I think it was like 2012, uh, late 2012, I was uh, out of the blue, had a phone call from Tracy Torme who's a really pretty well-known, established Hollywood scriptwriter. And he had just seen a re-aired version of I Know What I Saw on the History Channel. It was very impressed. And he said, you know, James, um, I was really impressed with your work. 
and I wasn't going to come back to the UFO topic at all, but after seeing your movie and reading Leslie Kane's book, I decided that, you know, I'd like to revisit this topic, and I'm considering producing the seminal documentary feature film for a worldwide theatrical release. Well, of course, that, you know, uh, was something that I've always wanted to accomplish and, and fell and short of my goal. Yeah, on, on, on multiple attempts. So I, I opted, long story short, to, to uh, collaborate with him, and uh, that was the birth of 701. I'll tell you what, we will have more about the birthing process. That's going to get crying grisly, isn't it? James Fox joins Gene and Chris. You're in. The Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Imagine an acne treatment breakthrough that even Proactive says is better than Proactive. Announcing all new Proactive Plus, the revolutionary new way to clear your skin from the number one name in acne care. Proactive Plus is our best, most effective solution ever. And when you call 1-800-721-4255 today, you can have it tomorrow. Proactive Plus is the modern acne miracle that treats your skin beautifully. The plus means more. More precise, targeted medicine for faster, gentler acne prevention. And more skin-loving solutions so your complexion can look bright and beautiful. I am just so happy with Proactive Plus. I don't think my skin has ever looked this good. Call 1-800-721-4255. Be one of the first to try Proactive Plus. Guaranteed 100% risk-free. You won't see this limited-time offer on TV. It's a radio exclusive. 1-800-721-4255. 1-800-721-4255. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $33,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $33,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 
Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care. Chiropractic done right. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Movie producer James Fox has tried to get out from under UFOs, and I guess you have that exception, that one exception, the film about the oil spill. But otherwise, it's UFOs and UFOs again, so after swearing off the subject... It keeps coming back. Well, not only for James, but for Tracy. For years, he's been telling me, I'm out of it. Forget it. I'm never going to do this again. I don't want to get involved in the UFO subject, you know, professionally. I mean, he's been pretty vocal about that for quite a, quite a while. So it's quite a testament to your, to your uh, you know, the inspiration that uh, came through your piece to get Tracy to go back on something that, you've also done a couple of times and, and, and to suggest a collaboration. I, I, I think it's great. I couldn't think of two better suited pers- people to do this. Well, you know, I told Tracy, I said, you know, early on, Tracy had, had shared with me, you know, some, some health issues he's dealing with and, and it seemed things, every, everything seems to be very stable. But I said, look, Tracy, you be the brains, let me be the bronze. We'll get this thing done. And uh, so far that seems to be exactly how it's, how it's going down. We've gotten probably, I would say, 85% of the documentary side. Granted, there's still some additional research and some archival material that we're going after, but for the most part, I would say about 85% of the documentary side of the film has been completed and been shot. The production values are by far and beyond a shadow of doubt anything better than anything I've seen out there. Uh, I just showed some clips to Leslie Kane, and she was very, very impressed with what we've come up with so far. You know, granted, I've said this before, but there, there, there's additional research and stuff we need to go after. But for the most part, it's it's going really, really well. Well, how much um, uh, actual recreations are you are you going to be doing, and will they have like a voiceover on top, or are we going to have real characters speaking um, actual lines? I think that would be uh, a better question to pose to Tracy because he has he has come up with what I think is a brilliant method of doing this, and it's been a long, hard struggle to come up with something fresh, something new, and something uh, to a method to deliver this film in a way that hasn't been done before. And I think he'd be a lot better qualified to to talk to okay. you guys about that. But yeah, we'll I'm bounce very, that question very, off of it. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of 
we we had a lot of uh, spirited debates on it, and um, we've we've narrowed it down to what I think is going to be a very successful way of delivery. So let's leave it at that. Is this strictly going to focus on the key cases among those 701? No, um, I, I can actually talk about some of the cases that we have zeroed in on, uh, one of which is the Rua Zimbabwe incident. Um, I cannot tell you how hard I worked to to uh, not only convince people at the John Mack Institute, uh, Randall Nickerson, who's, who's been in charge of a lot of the archive material that Dr. John Mack went and shot in 1994 in Rua Zimbabwe, we, uh, we not only managed to license some of that amazing material, uh, but as well as contact the witnesses today that are now in their late 20s, early 30s, and uh, flown them in from different parts of the world, got Australia, Canada, England, and um, and managed to get them uh, have a re- reunion. They hadn't discussed it altogether in 20 years. So that happened, and uh, so we're, we're doing that case. Uh, we're also doing the Virginia case. We got back from Brazil in December of 2013, and I remember, the, <laughs> I remember everybody always says, "Well, you know, good luck, good luck going into the town of Virginia and getting any of those witnesses to talk. They're they're done. You know, they've all been discouraged against it." And and and, uh, but we 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 uh, organized a very small. A crew, a very discreet production. We went in with Canon 5D Mark III's that looked like normal cameras. We rented tripods and lighting gear. So we went in with a couple of local producers, or a couple of lo- local Brazilians, I would say super local, but relatively local, that had established relations with some of these witnesses. And we went in very, very low profile. And uh, and we, we got all the primary witnesses on camera. We hired a one of the most amazing photographers I've ever worked with, this guy David West, who's done stuff for National Geographic. He's a seasoned cinematographer. And the material we came home with is just, I mean, it, it, it's so beautiful. The audio is perfect. It's just, it's the best production I've ever been involved with. So it, it's, it's great what we're doing. Those are two post-Blue Book cases uh, that you just mentioned. The Zimbabwe case, of course, was the famous incident where craft landed occupants were seen by by uh, quite a number of young school children in in uh, Zimbabwe and John Mack of course uh, did quite a bit of work on that case this is kind of a cliff nail uh, version for our new listeners the Varhinia case uh, is way up there on my list of one of the most uh, intriguing cases probably of all time it happened in Brazil again this is about 20 uh, 21 years ago uh, that particular case, I think, is going to be very fascinating for a lot of American viewers who are not really that uh, familiar with, you know, the, the complexities of that particular uh, unfolding series of events that were reported in Brazil. Yeah, the the uh, Virginia case happened in January of 1996, and the Rua Zimbabwe case happened in um, in 1994, and. Very little is known, and so it, so it seems, about the Rua case. I, I think that John Mack probably had some plans with, with all the material that he'd shot, and I think there was one documentary that was done by a British uh, television company that came out around that, around that time. But other than that, 
I would say most Americans and even most UFO researchers know very, very little, if anything at all, about the Zimbabwe case. And when we brought the witnesses out today, I mean, it was it was a monumental effort, you know, just getting to license the John Mack footage and then convincing the witnesses for the first time ever to get to, to fly in from all different parts of the world and wow. and talk about you know talk about this case and a lot of them hadn't even told their own you know husbands about it you know they wow. they hadn't told you know so it was it was fascinating and you know it was it was a close encounter of the third kind you know and you think of well, in broad daylight. I think I saw something. You think of, yeah, in broad daylight, 1030 in the morning. You think like, oh, I think I saw something maybe that resembled this. No, this was a close encounter of the third kind where these children could have reached out and touched the beings that they were in contact, they were looking at. I mean, there was, there was telepathic communication that went on. There was, uh, you know, multiple, multiple UFOs. It wasn't just one. It was two or three. Uh, and it lasted for like 15, 20 minutes, and there was there was an effort of communication that 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 went down, and they described it. I just I remember you can always gauge the level of interest on a particular interview with how quiet the room is, and you can hear a pin drop because you've got lighting guys and sound guys and a couple of other people that are in the room as well during the time and during the testimony of these witnesses. Uh, you could hear a pin drop of the room, and it was just fascinating. And one of the remarks that was made by a, a couple of them said, do you know what it's like if you're out in the wild and you come across a rare animal, a wild, rare animal, and there's this moment of intrigue where they're looking at you with curiosity and you're looking at them with curiosity, and there's just this sort of standoff. And they said that that's what it was like. Some of the students uh, had communication when they locked eyes with the beans um, other other students didn't but but a lot of them did and uh, and it wasn't a quick close encounter of the third kind it was actually like I said 15 to 20 minutes long so there were a lot of amazing details that surfaced when we did this shoot uh, back I think it was in November of 2013 I can't wait mm. how many uh, other cases are you going to include that are not part of that core 701 so right now, what we're missing is a very good modern-day case. And when I say modern-day, uh, something that's occurred, preferably that has multi-eyewitness testimony as well as possibly some evidence uh, in the last five years. So we're kind of, you know, um, we're, we're starting to research some of those cases now. We've put a lot of effort into the Rua case, a lot of effort in the Virginia case. We're all extremely pleased with the results. Tracy loves what's been put together. I actually have a sizzle reel that I could send you both a link to. It's a private sizzle reel that will give you some idea of, of, of what, we've, what we came home with. Let me, let me do the breaker. You know what? That sounds like something that Chris and I would love to see. Of course, oh, we yeah. won't. We won't spread the word. We'll keep it on the QT, but certainly we can use that. And maybe with your permission, give some of our listeners a preview of what they might expect. We've got more to come with James Fox. The film is 701. And I'm Gene. He's Chris. You're in The Paracast. Free from the 
shackles of corporate America. We're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Contact me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. M-B-R-O-W-E-R at GCNlive.com. That's M-Brower at GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com and all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here on the Paracast, we have James Fox, movie producer who has ended up doing mostly UFOs. He's become the UFO guy. Didn't plan on it, but somehow it ends up that way. I know the feeling. (laughs) <laughs> thank you kind of want to just go back to a regular life and this thing keeps just grabbing at you so you're not going to talk about Roswell no good no you did yes that was a several people on the forum at forum.theparacast.com are going to listen to that and jump up and down um, I won't start quoting yeah, some of the not- comments but that, that's, yeah, this that's is, a real welcome statement, James. Yeah. So th- this is not to say that if somehow we received some new, extremely compelling uh, evidence or testimony that we wouldn't consider at least reviewing it. But as of now, we are not touching Roswell. It seems to be a blanket statement across the board with all parties involved that it's not happening. That, like I said, it doesn't mean that we would not be open to reviewing something that's startling, something that's compelling, something that's resurfaced. We would at least consider reviewing that. But as of right now, we are not covering Roswell. Well, of course, we have this dream team, 
which supposedly is looking into it as a cold case to try to get a new slant. But right now, I don't see anything out of that that's really compelling. There are a couple of people who claim to have found some slides of aliens in somebody's attic, and that sounds rather fishy to me. Yeah, so we'll it reminds me of the Ray Santilli footage. You remember the Ray Santilli footage back in uh, 90, was it 97, 98, right. 97? Sure. Produced by Bob Kiviat. Yes, exactly. They made a lot of money. It was interesting. We had Kiviat on the show. And he was one of the few guests that we had that I just really wanted to slap in the, fa- in the face and say, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, he's, well, you know him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, our paths have crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he uh, fact and, uh, or faked. I think he was the uh, script uh, editor for that, that particular series. That was the last time I talked to him, yeah. at least. Well, let's move on. Uh, you're only going to be here for the first half of the show, and I've, I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I'm wondering if you are interested in talking about. And that has to do with uh, the Socorro Lonnie Zamora case, which I know you've put uh, quite a bit of really hard work and, and, and diligence into uh, digging into that particular case. Why don't you give us a thumbnail sketch on, first of all, your thinking going in, how you and, and Tracy viewed that case, and then give us, you know, kind of a Cliff Notes version of, of, of that particular investigation. And, and uh, you know, if, if you want to share a couple of bombshells, that's cool, too. Okay, so, well, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due, and Tracy is the one that, that really wanted to feature that case because he kept saying, this is the seminal case, this is the case that turned Dr. Jalen Hynek around. We all know Dr. Jalen Hynek was a scientific advisor to Project Blue Book for the Air Force, and he kept saying, you know, this is the case, you know, and I, and, and I knew about the case, but little did I know the uh, level of details behind that case. And so I said to Tracy that I would I would look into it and and we would you know gladly uh, feature that case as part of production and that was probably the best decision uh, I've certainly ever made I, I'm sure that everyone else is going to be happy as well because I just had no idea what we were going to uncover um, and and some of it was intentional and some of it was just by coincidence just got lucky let's see where can I where, where can I start. <laughs> Well, let's see. I I went back east because, of course, the person that wrote the definitive book on the case is Ray Stanford. And Ray Stanford, the the book's called, uh, I think, Socorro's Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry. And even though it didn't exactly look like a saucer, it was more like an egg. It it seemed to be a more appropriate title because it just sounds good. We'll call it egg in a Pentagon Pantry. Yeah, Socorro egg in a Pentagon Pantry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and Ray, uh, I spent uh, a good, good amount of time with Ray Stanford back at his home uh, in Maryland. And uh, he had kept every, the most meticulous researcher I've ever met, he had kept details of that case from rocks that he'd taken out of the landing site, some of which were broken by the landing gear, to scorched bits of paper to notes, to interviews that were conducted in 79 from Dr. Hynek. The guy has done the most amazing work on that case of anyone I've ever seen. He knew things about that case that no one knows. We're having this wonderful time together, and he gave us an interview. And 
I was just kind of hell-bent on getting over to the National Archives because I kept thinking, God, I wonder what else we can uncover. And, uh, you know, Ray was kind of less enthusiastic about it, but I, I managed to, to, to twist his arm and persuade him to follow along with me to the National Archives, and he was, he was like I said, less than, than, than uh, uh, what was it, say, optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> A long story short, I mean, I can't tell you the runaround we got at the National Archives. And I'd done research. I talked to um, Bob Friend, who was former head of Project Blue Book. I talked to Colonel Coleman, who was public spokesman for Blue Book at the Pentagon or the United States Air Force UFO investigations. And I really wanted to, like, find, like, where are the original Project Blue Book files kept. I didn't want microfiche, and and no one really seemed to know. So uh, there was some talk about a, a military. I think it was Hamilton. I think I'm not sure, but that was in Alabama. There was uh, Colonel um, Coleman who told me that they had given a lot of the data from Project Blue Book to uh, a university in Southern California. So there was like no one really quite seemed to know. But I figured my best bet would be. Maryland. And as Ray was just a stone's throw away, I figured, well, while I was there, I should go and try. Kind of a no-brainer. Well, when we got there, we got the runaround, and we were all these different floors, and finally, you know, we had to give us the microfiche as per usual. And finally, you know, we just said, look, you know, this this man right here I'm standing with, he was there at this particular case. We know there are things that are not in this microfiche. Come on, where are the original files? We want to get access to the original material. We want to get access to the photographs that were taken in the landing site. And the guy was very impressed with the fact that, you know, Ray was there with me, and I think that really helped. He said, all right, let, I'll tell you what. He said, write down your information. Let me Let me see what I can do. Come back in a couple of hours. So Ray and I went in. And we we went in at the cafeteria. I think we had some lunch or something. Then we came back a couple hours later, and to both of our amazements, they set the files ready and they wheeled out on this cart the original Project Blue Book files from that case. And it was just, I mean, Ray and I looked at each other, and it was like this bolt of adrenaline that went through us both. And it was just excite this level of excitement that I can't even put to words. I mean, we really it was very exciting. And they had their very strict protocol. You know, you had to wear white gloves, and only one person was allowed to handle the documents at a time, and you had to put a placement holder in. And, you know, we, we, we quickly realized that if we followed the protocol, that it would take forever to go through everything they had there. And the one thing that we could do was get a flatbed scanner, and that way we could kind of scan the things. Otherwise, you have to take a document out, put a placement holder in its place, walk across the, the room to a photocopier, put it in 50 cents, whatever it was, make your photocopy, which wasn't even that great, and then come back to the desk and then start over again. You can imagine, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of documents. That was going to take forever. So we opted to, you know, Ray stayed there. I ran out. I got a flatbed scanner. We came back, and we set up shop, and we had this wonderful method going, and we we found some uh, some absolutely amazing documents. Uh, one of which, I, yeah, we found, you know, he, down to like the Richard T. Holder, who was the first, he was a colonel in the army at White Sands. He was the first military officer on the scene, I think it was within about an hour. And we found his his field notes, and we found that not only did they have evidence that would corroborate Officer Lonnie Zamora's statements about the occupants, the beings that he'd seen, by 
diagrams, detailed diagrams of where the footprints were in relation to the landing gear. I mean, it was like unbelievable how deep the footprints were. Oh, boy. This is fascinating stuff, guys. Let's get more of it. James Fox joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Amanda Bosold here from Midas Resources. Today, April 4th, 2014, gold opened at $1297.60. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for $1344.77, $672.38 for a half ounce, or $336.19 for a quarter ounce. Again, that's $1344.77, $672.38, and $336.19. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Question, could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. 
Pro EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro EM1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, we have James Fox, and he's working on a film called 701. It's about the fact that the number of cases left unsolved at the end of Project Blue Book amounted to 701. They tried as hard as they could. They couldn't get it to happen. Okay, so you're talking about here evidence in the Blue Book report talking about the occupants seen in connection with the Socorro, New Mexico case. Tell us more. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. If you look at the summary of the report, you'd think that the Air Force would include the fact that the witness not only saw a craft at close range, but also saw occupants. Don't you think that's a detail that the Air Force probably might want to consider putting in as part of their report? Of course it's not. And not only that, but it's like when you find official, you know, government documents that clearly indicate that there was physical evidence left on the ground to corroborate exactly what Officer Lottie Zamora had seen, including footprints of these creatures. You know, apparently they even made plaster casts of these footprints. And to not include that in the body of the of the report as part of Project Blue Book is, is to me, is just criminal. And so we found these documents that the, so it, it proved beyond any doubt that the Air Force knew that there was there was physical evidence on the ground to to, to back up the claims of, from Lonnie Zamora. You know, um, there was an effort to obfuscate, and I think it was a reasonable effort to obfuscate the symbol on the side of the craft. There was evidence that we found there that I'm not really at liberty to discuss, but that brought a tear to Ray Stanford's eyes. I can say that, and about to leave it at that. But something that validated a claim that he's been making for 49 years that he discovered while we were there at the National Archives. Well, let me say, ask you to stop here for a second, James. You said there's something there you're not at liberty to discuss, and our listeners are going to say, "What he say?" Yeah, well, it's because Ray Stanford. Uh, had made certain uh, claims based on the research uh, investigation that that he'd done for his book. And I think that there have been decades of controversy regarding those claims. And I don't think that Ray, as a matter of fact, I know that Ray never had definitive proof of those claims until our visit to the National Archives. And out of respect to Ray, he he didn't have validation and proof that his version of the story was correct and you found that that proof at the National Archives which brought a tear to Ray's eye because finally it's it's a controversy over the actual symbol that was seen on the side of the craft and um, certain information was purposefully changed about that symbol by persons who were investigating uh, officially investigating the case 
so that they could keep that symbol back in case it came up again in, in future sightings, then they would know that these people had a real event. So, you know, there's some question about the, the two versions of the symbol and which came first, which was the real one, which wasn't. With the visit to the National Archives, James and, and Ray were able to finally end that uh, particular discussion. Exactly, and I, I, I made a vow to Ray at the time that uh, I would allow him to release that document to the world. Right. So, um, so that's why I'm not, you know, we going might be waiting for, more for a while. Ray's track record of releasing things sometimes, boy. Well, I'll discuss it with Ray, you know, because we definitely want to release it. What did you it. think um, of Ray? Let, let me ask you this. Let, let's, you know, since we're talking about Ray Stanford, you spent more time with him, FaceTime, than I think I've I've spent in all the years that I've known him. Uh, you got a real major dose of Ray. What do you think of Ray's uh, work on uh, his, how would I put this, um, his propulsion diagnostic work and some of the uh, many hours that he spent explaining very patiently, I'm sure, some of uh, the work that he's been uh, undergoing for the past 10 years now. Uh, what was your impression of the man? Is he a, a total loon? Is this guy just out to lunch? Or well, you know, you know, you know, geniuses can often come across as being insane, and we've seen that time and time again because you know he's so he's so focused on details. He is he has attention for detail and finding things that would escape the normal eye of, of the average observer. Um, he would point things out in, in in rocks that he would find from dinosaur remains, fossils that other people have overlooked. I think he's now even featured in the Smithsonian in Washington D.C. for some right. of his findings. And it's been under the nose of all these people all these decades. And Ray found it. You know, Ray. I knew bringing Ray to the National Archives that I would have good luck. I think he's just got a way about him that finds things. You know, this. If you read his book. Uh, Socorro Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry, you'll see the level of detail that he gives to this stuff. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's, it's actually know, but, almost scary at times. Yeah, and so, you know, that, that in, in many ways to the average Joe could come across as someone who's like kind of crazy. But if, if, you, if you hear the guy out, you'll see that uh, the, there's, there's reasons for his, his theories and, and, and quite valid ones. But I'm not a scientist, and my, my primary objective for the visit with Ray was to focus on the Socorro case. Right. But there were other aspects of the UFO phenomena that he, that he shared with me that I found very fascinating and seemed to make, uh, to, in, you know, for a layman like myself, seemed to make a lot of great sense. But like I said, you know, my, my, my primary reason behind the visit was to focus right, on Socorro. Right, you're a filmmaker having to come up with a nice segment on Socorro. And it sounds like you uh, you came up with some really slam dunk material that's really going to put certain controversial aspects uh, of the case uh, to rest. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you another example. Okay, but um, we have two minutes I, left um, before you have to leave us. So let's make it a quick example. Okay, I'll make a quick example. I found a document that talked about, it was from Quintanilla. Quint, I never pronounced his name correctly. He was head of Project Blue Book at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And he had mentioned a film crew coming in in 1965, and he was very concerned about this film crew and the participation of Lonnie Zamora with this film crew, what he was going to say, what the film crew's intentions were. But then I got a response that was in the National Archives from Dr. Hynek that was directed to Quintanilla that basically said, hey, you know, I understand it's going 
going to be too obvious. If you pay a visit to SCORE to figure out what this film crew is all about and why Lonnie is participating, why don't I just you know, kind of go in there and, and see what's going on? So I found out about this film crew and this film, but I didn't have a title and I didn't have names of any of the participants. And, of course, everybody else, all the other the, the people in the letters were dead. So I found out about this film crew. So then I went to ended up at uh, six months later, I ended up in the, at, at Lonnie Zamora's house with his wife, Mary, and she very graciously allowed me to go through his archives, Lonnie Zamora's archives. He kept every newspaper clipping and correspondence and everything from, from 1964 up until his death. And in that, I found newspaper clippings of an article that was about, in 1965, May of 1965, a film called Phenomena 7.7. Ah. And this film, yes. Oh, oh boy. We're leaving this with a cliffhanger, folks. So, James, we're going to have to get you back here on the show to explain it all. Yes, look forward to it. And I can't thank you enough, you guys, for having me on. James, thanks so much, man. Good luck with the project. Anything I can do to be of further help, you let me know. Thank you so much, Chris. We have Tracy Torme coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network gcn graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us it does not use any database you get full control of all your files want to view the images of a folder drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files you could use it for slideshows you could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners need to do some image editing you can do that too in graphic converter also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. 
It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stan Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. On this half of the Paracast, we're joined by producer Tracy Torme, who is working with James Fox on that film 701. Tracy, welcome back to the Paracast. Okay, thank you very much. So tell us first, how did you get back into the UFO game? Well, I had done, I think, five projects over the years and had really decided that I was done with it. Um, I sort of said what I needed to say. And then uh, I was uh, approached about doing the Betty and Barney Hill movie. And I didn't think that I was interested, but I, I, I actually read the book and found out that I had never read the book before, which I was surprised to see. So I actually went around with uh, some producers and pitched it to uh, maybe half a dozen places. And we never uh, made a sale on it, but it's kind of rekindled my interest in the subject. And I sort of opened myself up to doing something else if the right project were to arrive. And then uh, I met with James, and we both said that we wanted to do sort of a seminal UFO documentary film. And I sort of changed my mind and decided maybe this would be a good time to do one more one more thing. So that's uh, what got me back into it. Why this particular selection? Why base it on those 701 unsolved Project Blue Book cases? Well, I think there's been way, way too much done in the TV documentary vein. You know, there's just been so much done. It's been covered left and right. And I was not interested in doing any kind of a new project unless it was really unique. 
and um, didn't smack of all of the um, TV documentary work that uh, has come along. So um, I think that's what intrigued me, was trying to do something on a sort of a different level than has been done before. Well, the one thing here, of course, is that we were mentioning with James the fact that all these UFO reality shows have problems. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of them do have problems. And I I just definitely was not interested in doing something that smacked of the same thing that's been done so many times. So we really had, you know, a task on our hands to try to do a project that approached it from a a bit of a different uh, point of view and didn't cover the same old ground. Well, there's so many cases out there. You wonder why we always see the same ones again, again, and again. Well, I think we do because there are certain cases that just stand out compared to others. And so they they naturally fall into place when people are doing documentaries. I mean, we are going to have some cases that have been shown before in some ways, but we're at least trying to only do stuff that has a bit of uniqueness to it and can come at things from a new angle or a new point of view, Um, not the same old thing. In doing this thing, did any of these particular cases that you explored change your conclusions about them or about UFOs in general? No, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, uh, 95% of the cases can be easily or relatively easily dismissed. But there's that remaining 5% that uh, I really think there's no good answer for. So it reinforced my feelings that that is the case. Uh, I think you really, really have to separate the wheat from the chaff. And I think there's a, there are a lot of people in UFO circles that are not you know, totally happy with me because I've said pretty openly and forcefully that I do think 95% of it is silly and that there are a lot of people in the UFO field who seem to, you know, uh, fall for a bunch of crazy stories without really challenging them very much. So I think it's really, really essential that that people that are interested in the subject try to get to the bottom of it by, uh, you know, again, separating the wheat from the chaff, deciding what things are seem to be real or have reality to them and what things don't. I think that's really necessary. I've sort of run out of patience with the people out there who believe everything. And, you know, people come along and say that there are 12 lizard alien races visiting the Earth, and they immediately fall in line with all that. The Art Bell's kind of of the world. They don't ask any tough questions. And I'm not interested in doing that. It's just like I'm, <laughs> I've gotten too old, you know. I'm, I'm an older guy now, so it's like I'm, I'm not really interested in, in, you know, spinning my wheels and going back over the same old nonsense. I really am only interested in things that might get us closer to the ultimate truth. Well, we Which, are angry at Art Bell because of what he did when he briefly went back on the air. He used the name of a radio show that already existed, already hosted by our friend Don Ecker, Dark Matters. Wow. And that was enough. And now he's got Dark Matter or Dark Matter's radio network. And believe it or not, they actually came here. They contacted wow. me and said, would you like to put the PowerCast in this network? And I said, not with that name. Yeah. And I also got an email from somebody the other day saying, why aren't you on this network? And I said, here's why. But let's just go back to the fact that some things are accepted that shouldn't be, and not just 12 types of lizard aliens. Are there specific cases you think are just too readily accepted 
by people in the UFO field that should really be considered for what they are, which is not yeah, real? Yeah, a, a really good example of that, I think, would be the Billy Myers case. I mean, oh, I think it's yes. ab absolute oh, nonsense, and oh. yet people keep dredging it up over and over and over again, and no matter how many times it seems to be shown that it's, you know, really silly season again, people keep bringing it up like it was real. Um, and I think, you know, I think the big problem is journalists and scientists have really been the two groups of people that I think have really screwed up and let everyone down when it comes to this subject. They, they just don't understand it. They don't grasp it. They think, that, you know, what you find a lot of times and what I find a lot of times is people say, oh, well, if you think these things are coming from another planet, that's impossible. The distances are too great. It would take too long. Can't be done. Therefore, no story is real. Therefore, nothing is true. Therefore, we're going to go all out to explain these things away at all costs. And you know what? UFOs need good skeptics. They need yeah. people who Very you know, know what they're talking about and that can come forward and, and again, you know, separate that. I hate to say the same phrase, but separate the wheat from the chaff. Unfortunately, UFOs do not have good skeptics. The great majority of them are, are pretty terrible, and their explanations are tortured and, and incor obviously incorrect. But they come at it from a point of view right off the bat that this stuff cannot possibly be real. Therefore, it isn't. Therefore, we're going to debunk everything that comes along. And, you know, that's just not honest. That's not an honest point of view. So, again, that's something that keeps me interested in the subject is the fact that there's such a need for good, reliable information and not all the crazy stuff. Well, Tracy, that brings up a really interesting point, and that is how is your project going to be different from what we've kind of fallen into as a culture of this kind of cliff notes version of things, dramatic embellishments for entertainment value. How is your project with James Fox 701 going to be different? Well, there will be a certain amount of that, by the way. I'm not going to pretend that we're not going to have some familiar territory because we are anticipating that a certain percentage of our audience will not really know the subject. And we can't just assume that everybody is knowledgeable about it. So there will be a certain amount of things that are, are a little bit of a retread in a certain way to some of the UFO experts. But we are trying to do several things that make this pro project more unique. We're trying to find only the most interesting cases we're trying to go to the real locations where these things happen, which often doesn't happen in recreations. We're trying to be technically very, very accurate. When we do a recreation of an event, we're, we're really trying to say that we are following it as closely and as accurately as we possibly can. We're planning on using the very best uh, CGI techniques, which will give the viewer really the experience of what it's like to have a real close encounter. Um, so we actually take it very seriously that all of the recreations that we have chosen are uh, technically accurate, are uh, you know interesting and compelling, not just the same old stuff. An example would be we're not doing Rendlesham Forest or we're not doing, um, what would be another, oh, abduction. All right, I'm Tracy Torme yeah. is joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are the pro 
premier independent talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $33,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $33,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Tracy Torme working with James Fox on the movie 701, telling us about the cases that are not going to be included. And of course, James did mention that Roswell would not be. There's nothing new to report about Roswell. But why not Rendlesham, or has the story been told too many times? Yeah, I'm really afraid it has. I, I think it's a great case. I really do. I think it's an absolutely great case. But I've seen it myself, you know, four or five different times in different ways. It just has sort of reached that oversaturation point. And the same thing goes with Roswell. I mean, I think Roswell is very interesting. I, I love Don Schmidt's work on it. I hope in my own way that it's real. I'm not really sure. I'm somewhat on the fence. But again, it is a very compelling case. There's no doubt about it. But has it just been seen at the yin-yang, you know? And it's just like the same thing with Rendlesham Forest. I'm trying to think of maybe another example or two of something that we looked at that we decided not to do. Well, like the O'Hare Airport case. Right, Phoenix Lights. Would be yeah, relevant. Phoenix Lights, exactly, exactly. That's one of the main tasks for James and I. And, you know, we reached a very quick uh, early agreement Let's try to be as unique and, and different as we could. But one other thing to answer your question, we are not doing the typical thing where it's like a documentary will bring on a believer and then a skeptic and a believer and a skeptic and a believer and a skeptic, and we go back and forth and say, is it real, isn't it real? We're taking a very provocative position, which I don't want to give too much away, but we actually are trying to say, here's what the phenomena is really all about, here's why it has been misrepresented and, and there's been so much disinformation over time, here's why it is ridiculed and debunked, here are the reasons why these things are not treated fairly or honestly. We're actually going to try to bring that out into the light of day. And we're trying to take a very proactive position that the phenomenon is real. It deserves real study. Uh, it deserves careful study. We're trying to make a strong point, as strong a case as we can to say this stuff really needs to be looked at from a different point of view so that we can move forward and make a, at least a little bit of progress in getting to the bottom of this, you know, 70, at least 70-year-old mystery. Not only that, but also kind of set the uh, the benchmark or, or raise the bar in how this uh, particular subject is covered. That sounds like a, a, a healthy way of approaching it. Now, I hope so. A, a couple of our, our posters at forum.theparacast.com are really interested in how you're going to fold in recreations. Are they going to be scripted? Is it going to have your, your TV-style voiceover? You mentioned that you're going to be on site for, for uh, much of this in the actual locations where these uh, events took place. How are you going to approach the kind of Hollywood portion of this where you're using actors to recreate reality? Well, you know, I remember when ABC did a couple of specials on UFOs that Peter Jennings hosted a few years ago. And I was really impressed with some of the CGI work of that because I really did feel on one particular case that I remember that you really did get a feeling for what it was like to experience something this strange and this unusual. Yes, I will be scripting uh, a certain 
percentage of this. In fact, the whole thing, to be accurate with you, will actually follow a scripted plan. So there will be a certain blend of artistic license with reality. We're also going to be sticklers for accuracy. That's, you know, really important. And I don't know how much James has gotten into this, and it's obviously something uh, we can't talk too much about, but we, we do have a, a very serious a powerful inside source or two, let's just say it that way, who knew about our project a while back, contacted us, and has now provided us information and steered us in a certain direction. We sort of actually have a guideline for some of the stuff we're going to bring forward. You know, I was very wary, by the way, of this because I knew Linda Howe and uh, Bill Moore when they were being approached by so-called whistleblowers uh, at that time, and I really found a lot of suspicious you know, shenanigans going on with that where a lot of things were said, I think, for disinformation reasons, right. and I think that you know, that ended up being not what it was supposed to be. So we have to be very, very careful, again, that whatever we do come forward with is accurate. We're obviously going to get attacked, too. I can tell you that now, that when this film comes out, there will be a lot of people who take issue with our conclusions and will jump all over us and try to make the thing again look ridiculous and look crazy. And we just have to, you know, fight that in the most honest way we can. Well, just for our listeners' sake, please understand, folks, this is being produced as a feature film for movie theaters around the world, basically. This is not your average low to medium budget uh, TV documentary. Having been privy to some of the developmental stages of this project, I can uh, assure everybody that uh, Tracy and James really have the game face on for this one. And, you know, Tracy, that brings a really interesting point up. Now, the name of the film is 701, and that represents, what, 5 7%, I think, of total Blue Book cases. These are the ones that uh, remain still to this day as unidentified or unexplained. Which of the cases do you feel have the most compelling evidence that you're going to be featuring? And what was the process that you, that you went through to arrive at the particular cases that you're going to be featuring? Well, it was a very interesting process, which actually we're still in the, sort of in the midst of. So we haven't made all of our final decisions, but we've narrowed it down. I would say, to answer your question more directly, I really believe the Lonnie Zamora slash Socorro case is extremely important. You had an incredibly reliable witnesses, witness. You had other witnesses on the scene within a very short period of time. You had physical evidence. You had burns on the ground, burning brush from the object. But what's really, really cool is I've been researching another case in La Madera, New Mexico, which happened the day after the Lonnie Zamora case and not very far away. And it really seems like the same exact object that Lonnie Zamora saw was seen landing by a river in La Madera, left a very serious burned circle. That well, when you it look used at, a bunch of beer bottles, if I remember right. correctly. That, that's absolutely right, and good for you, because 99% of people don't know about Well, it was case. right over the hump from the San Luis Valley, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so there's an example of a way where we're taking a case that actually has been talked about before. I know Unsolved Mysteries did it, and I think UFO Hunters may have done it, but um, we're really promoting that as an extremely important case. It's the case that changed Alan Hynek's mind. It's such a great case that I, I find it 
fascinating again that the skeptics have done such a miserable job of trying to explain it. And I guess recently there's been a spate of reports that it was a hoax and it's been proven that it's a hoax. And I looked into that and boy, that was beyond ridiculous. There was nothing yeah. to that whatsoever. We're so, thinking of a specific Gates. article written by a specific UFO blogger where he allegedly had all the goods on it being a hoax. And when you looked at it, it kind of fell apart under careful examination. Yes. And, and we're looking carefully into the Zimbabwe case. We're looking into the Virginia, Brazil case, very possibly the Trinidad Island, Brazil case. These are some that we have been zeroing in, for, in on. And, you know, it, it is an interesting choice. It's dealer's choice. There are so many possible ways to go. So we're, we're really trying to just zero in on the most compelling cases, which not only will interest, hopefully, the UFO buffs or the people that are interested in the subject, but also people who really don't know anything about it and have probably never taken it seriously in the past. I'm firmly, firmly of the belief that, quote unquote, our side on this subject is losing. Okay, I think we're losing steadily <laughs> over time. I think that the naysayers are gaining ground and saying more. And, and you know what? I'm sorry to, to digress here a little bit, but I think it's important that those of us that believe it's a real phenomena are willing to admit certain things that most UFO believers don't admit. For example, in my opinion, this is only my opinion, I don't even know for sure if James agrees with this, um, we need to be honest, those of us that believe it's a real phenomena, uh, with the idea that there should be a lot more good UFO videos taken now. Now, I'll say that to people, and they'll say, oh, you're crazy. There's great UFO videos. They're out all the time. Everybody's shooting them, whatever. No, I don't <laughs> think that's true. I don't yeah. think that's true. So I am personally puzzled by the fact that now that everyone has a video camera, that we don't have many more videos. And it, what it means to me, my theory on it is, okay, this is a self-concealing phenomena. Whoever is behind these, these events does not want the, the world as a whole to really know what they're doing. The things that we have learned from them, including abduction things, come from in spite of them instead of because of them. If we find something out, I'm firmly convinced they don't really want us to. Whatever it is they're up to, they have their own agenda. They're not interested in going on the Larry King show. They're not interested in landing on the White House lawn. They're not interested in telling people how many alien races are visiting the Earth. I think it's an absolute mystery. I think it has not been solved. We have Tracy Torme joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network. GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Call me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. 877-996-4327, extension 128. That's 877-996-4327, extension 128. Hi. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Tracy Torme joins Gene and Chris on the Paracast talking about this new film, 701. And he started discussing things, of course, about their approach to UFOs. You want to pick up on that conversation? Yeah, I just think that we need to be honest, those of us that believe in the phenomena, that there are certain mysterious aspects that don't really fit, and I think one of them is that we're not getting as many good videos as we should. So what does that mean? It might mean that we're that they're not flying around in the same way they used to, and I know a lot of people feel that way, that it's the phenomena has somewhat gone away in some ways. That's possible. I don't f- firmly believe that, but that's possible. Or it might be, again, that it's a self-concealing technology, that they are coming here fairly regular basis, but they are taking steps so they're not captured on video in ways that would absolutely prove the existence of these objects. I really believe that it's a technological thing that they're just technologically concealing what um, they're doing. And so that's the reason that we don't see as many as we should. Um, I think that uh, it's, it's only fair for those of us on the believer side to admit that. I mean, there should be more good videos. But so, on the other know, hand, Tracy, what we have is this growing kind of riptide of hoax videos and... and right. And, mundane objects that are uh, shot in such a way that appear to be high strange or just out and out uh, hoaxers. I mean, there's many sites with hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube that that are are trotting out some of the most ridiculous clips uh, that are being taken seriously and believed in. Well, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I I firmly agree with you. I think there is just so much friggin' nonsense 
that's out there. And it's a shame because when I try to have serious conversations with people about this subject, it took me a long time to ever admit that I was really that interested in this subject. You too, huh? Yeah, because I didn't really want to have the strange looks from people or the comments about little green men or whatever. So, you know, I do admit that uh, the phenomena is very mysterious and that the mystery is very unsolved in a lot of ways. Um, it's interesting what I would say to your viewers. I did a miniseries for CBS, you know, many years ago called Intruders. And there's a scene, I just watched it again for the first time in 20 years or so. And there's a scene where a general tells a hypothetical story. It's all hypothetical, of course. It's not real, but tells a hypothetical story about what's really behind the phenomena and how it really works and why it works the way it does. And when I watched it uh, just literally like a week ago, I'd sort of forgotten you know, that scene a little bit because I'd done it so many years ago. But the things that come out of the general's mouth in many ways are what James and I have ad adopted with this movie. We take a position. Here's what it is. Here's why it is. And here's what we may be able to do about it. There's wow, no, that's pretty bold, man. Yeah, there is no giant conspiracy. Okay, The giant conspiracy does not wash in my mind. But on the other hand, of course there's got to be a conspiracy because some of these events are absolutely real and unexplained. So I believe one of the keys to really understanding the phenomena is to face the fact, first of all, that the conspiracy element is still so mysterious because everybody has assumed for a long, long time, oh, yeah, they're getting to the bottom of it. They're going to release the truth to the world. That's coming any time now. I remember that was being said to me 20 and 30 years ago, that it was only a matter of days before the disclosure was going to come. They said but, that in the 1950s. Major Keogh said it. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Greer said it in... 1993 in Cresto, 90 days, I guarantee it, 90 oh, days. Grief. And boy, yeah. Tracy, you argued with him up one side and the other. Yeah, I got to tell you, he was really exactly the type of example of what I think is wrong with the study of this field. It's again, it's just certain claims that were made that are just beyond belief. So, uh, But, you know, I just encourage everybody who's seriously interested in this subject, stand your ground. You're on the right side of the issue, even if it doesn't seem like it sometimes. You're one of the few people in the world that's uh, not asleep at the wheel, that really understands that this is, is really important and mysterious and needs to be solved. So I really want to encourage anybody who's you know done that, taken the first steps to look into it. Don't let all the chatter fool you and don't be discouraged by people who are dishonest naysayers. You know, search for the truth, and uh, and I think you'll find that it's a really worthwhile phenomenon. Well, uh, yeah, and I think all our listeners uh, should take notes on that particular subject. I, I think it's really important to, to stand your ground, state your your. If you think you have beliefs around this subject, then then by all means state them. But you know, for someone like me, and I think you, in in many ways, uh, we're still on the fence about a lot of these things now. Tracy, you have been involved in some pretty high-profile projects uh, in Hollywood. Uh, one of the the most impressive ones, I think, that, that most of our listeners will be aware of is, is the movie Fire in the Sky, which mm -hmm. was a, a really in-depth look at the Travis Walton abduction case from 1975. And you got involved in this case very early on. You've known Travis 40 years almost now. And, mm -hmm. and 
you know, I think there was some consternation among the UFO community when the studio kind of hijacked the production and totally reinvented some of the scenes that were um, featured in the movie while he was aboard the ship. You know, how how do you reconcile that entertainment versus uh, factual um, recreation? How do you reconcile that in your mind? Well, thank you for asking about that, because I always do like to try to let the get the, the record straight on what happened. Um, it, it was hard and it was difficult because the original script followed his original case, you know, very, very closely. In fact, the entire uh, recreation of everything he remembered during the time that he was missing was literally step-by-step step exactly accurate from beginning to end in the original script that I wrote. Without getting into a long, boring story with anybody, they ended up making me change it because of intruders. They became aware of intruders and decided that little gray men, little gray men with big eyes, putting people on tables and experimenting with them, was not a unique thing. Oh my God, it's been done before. Oh my God, we better change that immediately, or we're not going to do the movie. So they were actually ready to pull the plug on the movie when we were already on, on the way of doing it. And I had to work with Travis and with the director to actually create an alternate sequence. We tried to mirror, mirror what happened to him as closely as we could, but it still was not what I wanted to do. So just to end this, to let you know this, the first thing that I did was write an open letter to the UFO community and say that we had to do this and that I knew a lot of people were right, going to yeah, be. Yeah, much to your credit, I'm, I might <laughs> thank, thank you. But it didn't work, i got to tell you. There were, you know, half the people that watched the movie really loved the movie and understood what we were doing and why we had to do it. But there were half the other people who were really up in arms and, you know, were acting like we were charlatans to do that. And, you know, it wasn't my preference. It's not what I would have done if I had my way. But it really was, we really had only had no choice at that point so it was, uh, it was the, uh, a necessary evil i would say i was going to say sometimes you have to make compromises but fortunately for this particular project um you you're sitting behind the the creative desk there you're going to be writing the script and you don't have those types of handcuffs and and those types of um let's say uh hollywood executive producer concerns that, that plague projects like this especially at projects uh to the scope that you're doing that is true as of now <laughs> oh boy I'm, I'm glad to say that right again we're we're lucky in that aspect and and you're right about what you said i will believe it all done i'll believe it so we we definitely have a great um responsibility again in this film to Make tr be true to the subject. And by the way, you can be true in your comments on these subjects by visiting our forums at forum.theparacast.com. Once again, that's forum.theparacast.com. We have Tracy Torme. He's producer for 701. He's working on the project with James Fox. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. 
ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Tracy Torme. He's working with James Fox on the movie 701 with Gene and Chris. Let me ask you a quick question here to kind of move away from that for a moment. At this point in development, when do you expect the film to be finished? When do you expect it to be released? I would say probably six to eight months, something along those lines. Is there a physical release date and everything? No, because um, we have various options as far as uh, investors going okay. and um, we really have different choices to, to, to go with so it's a little bit uh, uncertain when we will actually be coming out so this will be intended for normal theatrical distribution yes our plan is absolutely to make it a in movie theaters that's what we're going for we do like they did in some films where they released it in movie theaters, but also the film is released simultaneously on pay-per-view. Interesting way to go. Um, you know, one of the things we're considering is uh, Sundance also. We're considering, we thought it yeah. would be very interesting to do a release at Sundance on yeah. this subject, which I don't think has ever been explored. No, I don't think it has. I think you're right. That would be a yeah. really good idea. Yeah, I would think it'd be it'd be really really great. So I'm I'm hoping we might be able to do that as well. Well, Tracy, you know, uh, for some of our first time listeners and 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 folks who aren't you know familiar with your track record, uh, you know, Tracy, you were senior story editor for the uh, inaugural seasons of Star Trek: New Generation. Uh, you came up with and wrote and totally were in charge of the very successful uh, TV show Sliders, which was one of my favorites in the 90s. I mean, you really have an impressive track record. Uh, I think Gene mentioned earlier when James was on that, that you really helped develop the idea of the holodeck and came up with the, the whole Dixon Hill characters and uh, of, of the 30s uh, holodeck uh, vignettes. You're a very creative guy. I mean, you co-wrote a book with Jacques Vallée. I mean, that to me is like the ultimate feather in your cap. Fast Walkers you very is one much. of my favorite, slightly fictionalized versions of uh, of you know a storyline having to do with UFOs. Now, you, you you've really been a behind the scenes kind of guy. If this movie takes off and it it puts you in the spotlight, I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna deal with that, or or have you even thought about that? Well, you know, I, I try to every I try to take every project down one at a time. I really haven't thought too much to the future about you know what if it breaks big or what if it uh, explores the phenomena in some way that hasn't been done before. Um, I really haven't really thought ahead too much about that because we have such a big uh, task on our hands, our hands that I think that. Uh, we just need to focus this one step at a time. I know it sounds like a cliche, but we just want to go one step at a time with this and try to make as good of a movie as we possibly can. Try to be as careful as we can that we're accurate in our information. Again, try it into uh, this, uh, this, this thing that we're following, which is this sort of trail that's been put out for us by this source that we're pursuing. 
I think our biggest challenge is, again, making 701 be something that is, in, in many ways, a bit different than what's been do- done before. I think that that is really what we, we really are, you know, uh, struggling with to make sure that we do a good job of this. And I think James and I are of the same mindset on this. Any field could use a paradigm shift. It's this one in terms of how, how this information is, is passed along, disseminated out to culture. Uh, this has been always a major stumbling block for the actual, you know, legitimacy of, of this particular uh, avenue of study. I really, um, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys, and I think that this, this really does, in my mind, represent a very definite step forward in how we communicate this kind of information about this subject to uh, the culture, and, and that's, I think, really important. But, I really appreciate uh, that. I really do. Well, you know, Tracy, I couldn't think of a better uh, team of uh, filmmakers and, and, and a better writer to, to be involved in this. I worked on the movie Contact, which a lot of people don't know. Oh, I didn't I know had, that, really. Yeah, that I worked on that. And I remember I felt a great uh, responsibility when I did work on that for a while, that I thought that it was such a momentous subject, the way Contact was being you know, presented to the world. And I felt a certain responsibility to Travis Walton and people like that to tell their story in, in as a truest way as I could. And I, I feel the same type of thing with 701. I mean, I really feel like we have a pretty big responsibility if we aim for this and don't do it correctly, it's really going to be a huge disappointment. And I will right. be very let down that we didn't try to achieve something a bit different. I really hope after 701 comes out, I really hope that the audience out there, the, the larger audience, will take another serious look at this in ways they haven't before. It's, it's one of my fervent hopes that we will open up some eyes in new ways. Well, having said that, let's say that this is part of an unfolding process of people being properly educated about this particular subject. In your estimation, where should we be looking as UFO investigators and, and, and people interested in the paranormal in general? How should we be looking down the road uh, into that glass darkly and looking at what we need to do, how, how our methodologies need to change? Uh, do you have any sense of a direction that, that the study of this subject, uh, UFOs, should progress now in the future? Well, I really love the book by Ann Druffel about James McDonald. I've been yeah. interested in him for a very, very long time. He's a, a sort of a hero of mine, and we, we are very strongly considering doing something on James McDonald in the film. And I, I think the, the answer to your question, it's a little bit of a round way to get to it, but James McDonald was a guy who followed the truth, was absolutely fearless, told the truth, stepped out boldly, didn't worry about getting assailed by skeptics, by other scientists. And James McDonald, in some ways, was that way, too. But people like what we really need are really top, first-rate people take the, uh, the phenomena seriously. And we need modern-day James McDonald's. Yeah, I think good point. very interesting guy for people to look at his history. And I don't really understand why. There aren't many, many more people of a serious scientific nature who are brave enough, who are bold enough to step forward 
and tell the truth of this phenomena. And I really believe there are very few people who are not total cowards when it comes to this, from the journalist yeah. and what from the scientific side. They just are kind of cowards when it comes to this subject. And all they have to do is follow the real evidence and follow the truth, and then there would be far more great first-rate journalists and journalists who would step forward and let the world know what the hell is really going on. I'll tell you what's going on. We have a radio show with Tracy Torme joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. You asked for it, we listened, and we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866 404 Six six three. Freeze dry guy dot com. 
springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. On the Paracast, two more segments with Tracy Torme producing 701 with James Fox, putting it all together. Hoping to make a statement. Back to Dr. McDonald, Tracy. Does it make sense at all to make a movie about his life? Is there a story there, a docudrama, something? I think it's a little bit inside baseball, to really be honest with you. I think in order to become a major movie, and I did think about it for a while, I don't think there is enough general interest amongst the general populace, basically, to really, you know, have enough material to do a few hours about McDonald. I think, though, on the other hand, that if we could do something that was kind of, uh, you know, limited in its scope to a certain extent in 701, I think his story is really, really fascinating. And I was really glad that, you know, Andruffel did a very uh, brave piece of work about McDonald. That's one of the things I don't think has been really uh, brought out too much by most UFO documentaries. And I believe that McDonald is such an interesting character, and there's so much uh, about him, that I really think there's a really good chance we will do something compelling, although relatively brief, on McDonald in 701. You know, well, excellent. He definitely deserves a mention. He was a real uh, a hero uh, to many people at the time, and... And he was like like a go-to guy that you could really depend on uh, in terms of really being dispassionate and, and scientifically rational about what, he, what his thinking was and how, how he communicated that. Yeah, it's really wonderful to see how he just stood up to all the, the idiots, you know, and he was willing to really be brave enough to really pursue the truth. And I understand because I knew John Mack when I worked on Intruders. He was our, one of our consultants. And I saw the way that he was absolutely, you know, just really, what's the right word for it? I mean, he just really paid a price to say oh, that he yeah, thought there was something. Blasted. Yeah, and I, I really believe that McDonald had to deal with a lot of really, you know, pretty terrible things. I mean, the guy committed suicide, and there's a lot of, you know, controversy about why he did it. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. a lot of the conspiracy theorists believe that he was killed or something, but I don't think so. But but anyway. It makes for great drama. Yes, and the way that he, you know, came forth and really did such great work for, I don't remember how many years, I, I just really, really 
admire him. I think what he did was really fantastic. So if we can bring a little bit about what he did to the world, I would really love to do that. Excellent. Well, what direction do you think ufology should be going right now? Should we be, you know, just saying, okay, enough data is enough. Let's analyze what we have. Should we uh, be wiring up surveillance uh, systems at hotspot areas? Where do you see this whole morass of a field going? I mean, besides well, withering and dying on the vine. We were looking for a case that has never been really talked about before or has only been talked about in very few places. So that's one thing we're looking for is the really great new virgin case that, again, has not been really seen very much before. Well, we I've got a couple for you if you're interested. Oh, well, that's great. We absolutely are interested in that. That's one of the main things we're looking for. So cool. that's one thing we really want to do. Another thing that I really am interested in doing I never was interested really in pilots in the past. I, I always knew a little bit about it, but it was never something that I was that interested in. But I'm absolutely fascinated now by some of these pilot cases. I think the fact that so many pilots are browbeaten into never coming forward with things they've seen, the fact that, they, that these, some of these sightings are not really looked at, the fact that so many pilots are not able to come forward and talk about what they've seen. I think um, we are trying to break through all of the, the things which we found, which show that so many people who are pilots are so afraid, again, of coming forward and saying what they've seen. There's just such an incredible way where all of these people are just, you know, told very much that they better keep quiet or not come forward or they're ridiculed. So I would, yeah, I would love to do something about pilots and see if we could find some people who are willing to, again, show the same kind of courage that McDonald showed. I would right. love to find some really excellent pilots who will come forward and, and say, I don't care you know, what I've been told about not coming forward. I really would like the world to know what I've seen. And that's some place where right now we don't have all of the uh, cases in the pilot uh, places, or how do I even say it? They, we are looking for some great pilot cases, which we are, are also still looking for. So, well, the, Leslie King, you mentioned uh, reading her book and, and becoming really inspired by uh, some of the accounts, uh, very riveting accounts uh, in, in the case of that book. Uh, I mean, there's some very good pilot cases. Um, I think it was, what, a Chilean Air Force or Brazilian Air Force uh, encounter with a huge craft. Uh, he fired uh, 30 rounds, I think, with 30-millimeter uh, cannon fire, and it absorbed the rounds. Uh, Richard Haynes, of course, who is probably considered the preeminent historian when it comes to uh, pilot encounters, he has a bunch of really good cases. So that might be a good place to uh, to do some quick uh research and, and maybe uh, dig out some of the lesser-known cases that, that Richard Haynes has, and, and also those, those great cases in Leslie Keene's book. Well, you would really think that if somebody is flying in a, you know, they're, they're flying along and they see something unbelievable seen while they're flying, and they, they see something that they see at a close range that's an incredible thing that they want the world to know about, you would think that it'd be pretty simple that people that have really seen something would come forward, would say, we don't really know what these things are. I'm not sure what I saw. 
I can't tell you who it was or what I saw, but that's the way it should work. Right, yeah, in a perfect world. (laughs) Yeah, good pilots should just say, well, look what I saw, and it's really interesting, and I'm just telling the world what I saw, and that's it. That's the way it should work. In other words, there's pilots out there that have had unusual sighting experiences. They have uh, sterling records, spotless reputations. Um, they're, They're considered you know, valued employees of, of their particular airlines or branch of the military, let's say. And they have these inexplicable experiences, but it's the, the, the fear and stigma of ridicule, of judgment, of, of possibly jeopardizing your, your pension. It's these types of cultural and societal considerations that keep them from being honest and saying, hey, you know me, and you know I wouldn't make this up. This is what I saw, and somebody should be paying attention. Let me just raise a question, then we'll do our break. And that is something to consider here, Tracy. And that is, we see pilots being reluctant to report a UFO encounter. I think of the scene in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they're showing pilots seeing UFOs early on, and the air traffic tower says, do you want to report a UFO? And the pilot says no. And I wonder here, how many UFO sightings go unreported because the pilot just doesn't want to get involved. They don't want to wreck their career. It's hard enough being a pilot now. The pay isn't as good as it used to be. So why put up with this aggravation? What do you think? Tracy, I think the point that I want to raise here is that there is an inherent reason for pilots not to want to get involved. And so how do you change that? Or can you change that? Yes, we understand that the regulations require them reporting UFOs in certain ways. They don't want to mess up their careers. We understand all the obstacles that are involved in pilots reporting strange things in the sky. And of course, what this means here is that there are probably really crazy things happening out there in the skies, in the friendly skies or whatever we call them nowadays. Well, I guess it's not a friendly sky anymore. You're stuck in a sardine can. The seats are close together. It's not fun to fly. And you have to realize that the pilots who see anything strange, they don't want to say anything about it. They certainly hope the passengers didn't see anything and they'll probably do what they can to discourage it. We don't want to discourage Tracy Torme because he's a producer working with James Fox on 701. Going to be a real fascinating film from what he tells us with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Larry Smith. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, like when the jeweler ruined my ring and wouldn't do anything about it. But when my Legal Shield attorney called him and told him what my rights were, I received a check for over $2,100. Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. Again, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. I'm David Cordeni, President and CEO of Cigna. We're proud to support the March of Dimes by walking in the March for Babies. It feels great to know that the money we raise funds life-saving research and programs that improve the health of babies. With your help, we can make this year better than ever. Join Cigna and our coworkers across the country in March for Babies to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org and march to help our babies. Thank you. complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Hey everybody, Jason Lewis here with another great idea from JasonLewisTeam.com. Now, how would you like an energy drink that's actually good for you? That's right, one that not only gives you an afternoon pick-me-up, but that's loaded with the most important antioxidants for reducing the damage from stress. It's called Pollen Burst, and it's a natural burst of energy that lasts for hours. Now, most energy drinks rely on a massive dose of caffeine, sugar, or even vitamin B. Pollen Burst takes a more balanced approach, and that's why I like it. I also love the the fact that Pollen Burst has plenty of vitamin D and green tea extract. This is the best energy drink I've ever tried. So trust me, you'll not only like it better than the others, you'll love the way it's individually packaged for freshness as well. They've got these on-the-go stick packs. They're great. Pollen Burst. It's available at jasonlewisteam.com or simply call 1-855-310-TEAM. For a natural burst of energy, it's Pollen Burst at jasonlewisteam.com or 1-855-310-TEAM. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. On this final segment of the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we're talking again to Tracy Torme. We've been covering his plans and the plans of his colleague James Fox in producing this movie 701 which is going to cover cases not commonly covered in other UFO movies. Now, one of the things we always look forward to here is a discussion about whether, number one, the government 
has real guilty knowledge about UFOs and whether they can be persuaded to disclose it. Would a movie have any impact there? Well, you know, there's all this stuff about the disclosure movement, and I'm kind of dubious about it. I don't really see much of a pattern of the people in the know coming forward. would love it to happen. I can't think of anything in this world I would love more than to happen than that. But I don't really expect it. Uh, my friend Bryce Zabel, I know, wrote a, co-wrote a book about it, and I didn't really want to tell him that I really didn't believe in this because he was so enthused about it. But I don't know. We really kind of hope that our film might move something forward. We really do, because we're making the case for why the people in the know have kept this such a secret and have done so much lying and so much disinformation. So we're making the case, hey, now's a good time to come forward. You know, we're sort of giving you the way to come forward if you think it's the time is right. And I kind of suspect the reason there's so much secrecy, first of all, I believe in a very, very small conspiracy. I don't believe in a massive conspiracy. I don't believe the president and everybody is sitting around talking about UFOs. I don't believe it. I believe it's a small group that really knows what's going on. And they've gotten into the habit of keeping it hidden for many, many years. And I sort of believe that if the day ever came where they had definitive answers to what these things were, where they're from, what they want, they would possibly, very possibly come forward. So I think that day hasn't come yet. And I think they're just too used to their own habit of covering everything up. So that's what they're continuing to do because it's worked pretty well so far. It's made the subject look ridiculous to most people. You say a small group. Yeah. What are we talking about? I assume the president is not in the pecking order here. I assume the same thing. I don't think he is because it would leak like a sieve. So I don't think so. I think you've got to look at why it hasn't leaked in more significant ways. Like one of the things I've always wondered was, why did Mike Wallace not ever go into UFOs, see there was so much evidence for it, and say, wow, this is an amazing story. I've got to come forward with this. None of them do. None of them do. Because they've come to believe that it's, it's all silly. It's all like Santa Claus. Whoever wanted that impression out there has done a very good job of it, even though I think they're villains in a certain way. But they've done a good job. So I think it's a, it's a very small group. Uh, I wouldn't pretend to know how big they are. I think they're more than MJ-12, uh, more than 12 guys. But I don't think it's very many. I think there's very few people in the know. And if a real event happens, they make sure to check it out and investigate it and see if there's anything behind it. And, they, and there are definitely people at the high levels of our bureaucracy somewhere who know this stuff is real. I really believe there's absolutely some people that know it's real, but they have been lying about it for just too long. Okay, we understand that, but what do they know? Do they know who's responsible, what's responsible, where it comes from, or is it a matter of strange things are happening out there? We have intelligently controlled aircraft. We don't know what it is, but that's all we know. I think they they know there is a technology that is way beyond ours, that is for some reason monitoring us for their own reasons. They're monitoring us in, in whatever way we don't fully understand. But they've been coming here, I would say, for at least 70 or so years, maybe for a lot longer. That's possible, too. I don't know. I'm, I'm an agnostic on the ancient astronaut stuff. But the, since 1947, I believe that there has been a technology flying around our skies that is not ours, was not built in Detroit, was not built in Moscow. It comes from somewhere else. It functions on a completely uh, non-human type of intelligence. 
that makes it very hard to predict. And it also is self-concealing because it doesn't want to be seen or known. So a lot of times when things are flying around here, we don't see them and we certainly don't capture them on film or tape. But I believe they're here. Okay, well, this is the big question right here. Do you think that the government has been in contact with the pilots of those UFOs or is it just a matter of we know there's advanced aircraft out there that's not ours or not those of any country we know about? Well, first, because I admit that no one has all the answers. It is possible the government has been in contact. I would not say that that is out of the realm of possibility, but I strongly, strongly doubt it. I think what you can do if you look at the whole history of UFOs is you can see where so many things have been sent forward as means of disinformation. You get people believing there's an underground base beneath Dulce, New Mexico, of all places on the earth, and that they're having gun battles down there with uh, Air Force people or whatever and shooting each other, and there's underground bases under all, you know, under all the cities or whatever they're saying. Absolutely, I do not believe in that. I've been to Dulce three or four times myself, by the way. I don't believe it. Okay, I think it started as disinformation, and then they allow very gullible people, like, you know, sort of the Stephen Greers of the world, to run with it as much as they want and spread it around, and then people end up chasing their tails and not really going after the real thing. Do you think a lot of the stuff that comes out that appears to have significance here and is used to initiate the request for disclosure, that stuff is really disinformation? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of it is, and I think that disclosure was much more likely 20 or 30 years ago when I think people were all sort of sensing that, well, they've been on this secret for long enough. It's only a matter of time till they come forward. But I think the secret was more mysterious than we even realized it. I think they had less of the answers than we ever realized. I think that's the big key to keeping the the secret is that they don't have the answers that we assume they have. We assume if the CIA is involved or somebody else is, they know exactly what these things are, why they're here, what what they're from. But no, over the years, I've come to really believe that is not the case. Isn't it worse, though, for them to come out and say, we don't know? Well, that's probably why they're not doing it. You're absolutely right. That's why they're not doing it. How, how could they say not only do we not know, but we can't do anything about it? They can, you know, take on the greatest military in the known world and crush us if they wanted to. They apparently don't want to. But why would you tell that to the world? We're helpless. We're hopeless. We're clueless. Uh, I don't think they would tell that to the world. Well, here's the thing. I was suggesting a couple of times in the show that... If the next day, tomorrow, anytime, President Obama came out and said, we're being visited by unknown beings piloting aircraft that's way beyond our capabilities. Mm -hmm. If he said anything like that, a lot of people would not just ignore him, but disbelieve him and think maybe he's just hiding the Benghazi scandal or the IRS scandal. Sure, there would always be some people that would do that, but a lot of people would believe him if the president said it. I mean, I really do believe that. There would certainly be fringe people who would say it's all a big lie and it's a cover-up and it's all this and that. But if he really came forward and said, we've been visited and I'm letting the world know here, I think a great percentage of people would believe that. I really do. Because I don't think they would think the president would want to lie about something like that. 
Tracy Torme, tell our listeners, is there a place they can check online to find more information about this movie? Sure. I guess like everybody these days, we have, uh, I guess, a website called uh, 701themovie.com. It says the number 701themovie.com. And it's a pretty, uh, it's, it's increasingly comprehensive as we go along, so we're putting more into it. If you'd looked, uh, you know, a, a couple months ago, it wouldn't have been that much there. There's a little more now that kind of tells you what, where the film is going and what, what to expect. So, uh, yeah, anybody that would like to see it, that's a great place to look. Okay, 701themovie.com, enter. Great. Does anything come up, I hope? It came up perfectly. Okay. Let, let me tell our listeners you can find out more about what we do. If you're on Twitter, you can find us at the Paracast. That's the Paracast on Twitter. We have a Paracast fan club on Facebook, two of them, in fact, and someday we'll figure out how to make them into one. You check out our website at thepowercast.com and our forums. And one more thing. Chris has a site devoted to his new book, Stalking the Herd, called StalkingTheHerd.com. Go to StalkingTheHerd.com, place an order, and Chris will autograph the book for you. How about that? Tracy Torme, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Oh, it was my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>